Hi, welcome to Talking About Noodles. My name is Jen, and today we're going to talk about noodles. I feel like there's so many things that I am having like pop into my head right now. I've been up since like 5 a.m., which is actually pretty good for me. I slept from evening from night into morning not very far into the morning but it was technically morning when I woke up um the first thing that is on my mind is that I shared with a friend recently that I'm pretty close-minded when it comes to Christmas movies um I pretty much tend to just watch a couple of very particular ones Christmas Vacation the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, just the first one, uh, A Christmas Story, Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the cartoon, and nothing obscene from the year 2000 and beyond. Um, I'm trying to, th- uh, I've sort of, and It's a Wonderful Life, that one's, it's a bit of a drag and it's kind of long, but it is nice. So I will watch that one eventually, but it's not kind of my go-to. And those are kind of it. And I've just been, I think, and I've heard from other people, I'm just kind of struggling getting into like the Christmas spirit to a real extent. Um, So I kind of wanted to try and watch different movies And I've been burned in the past by a very popular one, Elf. I I have tried with Elf. There are elements of it that I like. But overall, it's too silly for me. It's too silly. It's too wacky. And the romance between Zoe Deschanel and Will Ferrell makes me want to puke. I'm sorry. I... I realize that people with a big age difference can genuinely fall for each other and that's great, but I don't like thinking of Will Ferrell as an elf being sexually attracted to Zoe Deschanel. It is an idea that makes me feel sick and (laughs) it's a pretty big part of the plot. So that's a big issue for me. The other one, very popular Christmas movie, is Love Actually. That is time that I will never get back in my life, having watched that movie. The only scene worthwhile, and as far as I understand it, it is the scene that most people really, like, love about the movie, is the part where Emma Thompson discovers that the necklace she had discovered and hoped that her husband had bought for her she did not get that necklace she got a Joni Mitchell CD which I think she had gotten many times in the past and it confirmed for her that I can't remember if it confirmed that he was having an affair which he was spoiler (laughs) or if it just confirmed that their relationship was you know over no I guess it does confirm that he was cheating because it's like who was the necklace for them And she's in her bedroom or her, like, closet or something, listening to the CD, listening to both sides now, and crying. And the crying is so moving. And, um, you know, it, that was kind of the, the only moment of that movie that was worthwhile anything for me. And it's even more kind of upsetting when you realize that Emma Thompson had been cheated on by her husband, Kenneth Branagh, with fucking Helena Bonham Carter, which really doesn't make me like Helena, I have to tell you. Although, according to Emma, they, her and Helena cleared the air many years ago, but still disgusting. And I like both Kenneth Branagh, well, whatever, I don't like Helena Bonham, but she's fine but it really makes me not like any either of them you know uh so that I don't like love actually I hated it outside of that scene 
So I really have been very close-minded about Christmas movies, and I was sitting around, and I ended up watching the German one that I had mentioned the other day called Drei Hasse Nüsse für Aschenbrüder. It was so cute and sweet. It takes place in the winter time. I think I said it was filmed in Czechoslovakia, which was wrong. It was actually filmed in Germany, just in East Germany, near Dresden, I think. And um, it's like all these like snowy scenes, and it was such a cute movie. It's in German. As far as I know, they don't have English subtitles for it. Maybe in other countries they do, if it's even available. On, I watched it on Netflix here in Germany. And <laughs> there's not a, a ton of involved dialogue, but I did have to pause it every time dialogue came up so that I had time to read the subtitles and understand what was going on, and then I could move on. Uh, but it was so good. Immediately became a Christmas classic for me. And my friend, who I had made this Christmas movie confession to, he told me to watch Klaus. Claus. <laughs> Obviously, I say Klaus, but Claus with a K. And it's like a, I don't know if it was made by, it sounds funny to say it was made by Spanish people. Uh, it was made for Spanish Netflix, is probably more descriptive. Uh, but they have, they got like really good vo voice actors to do the English version of it, the dubbing. And, um, it was really good. Very good. Very good movie. And it's about a postal worker, which I'm a postal worker. So that was kind of a funny, like, crossover. And I also watched um, Muppets Christmas Carol really for the first time. I just never watched. I maybe watched it once growing up, but not really. And that was also very good. So I really, I added three new good Christmas movies to my repertoire this year. And that was a real success for me. Now, what else did I have on my mind? Um, oh my god. I, I'm still kind of working on getting Christmas gifts for everybody. I, I kind of have certain people covered. I have two birthdays. There are a couple of birthdays during like the holiday season that I have to think about slightly before and slightly after. So I have those covered. I don't have the Christmas presents for those people covered. So that's a little bit of an issue. You really have to make a distinction with people whose birthdays fall sometime around the holidays because, you know, they just get they just get that one present from some people and that really sucks and if you can try and give them a present in like birthday wrapping paper or bag, that's really nice because of, you know, their birthdays just get so overshadowed. I happen to know two people whose birthdays fall on January 31st, which is kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm having coffee, by the way. Um... And what else? Oh my god, I had something else that I wanted to talk about that has slipped my mind now. Mm, I don't remember. Whatever. So I kind of promised that I would talk about pasta this episode. And to be honest, I feel a little bit... <laughs> It's a long, there's a long list of pasta, and I'm not really sure how I'm, how I'll make that interesting. Not that making this podcast interesting has ever been a really big concern of mine. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> it's just, if you find it interesting, it's sort of an accident, you know, that it, that isn't uh, how things are planned. But whatever, maybe you will find this interesting. And I just have to let go of my fears. But I, just know going in that I do feel self-conscious about this. And I'm also feeling like, I guess I'm probably getting a little bit tired. And I'm feeling a little bit wired. <laughs> and 
something that ends with ired, fired, hired, mired, um, transpired. That's, that's it. <laughs> so I don't know if this is an exhaustive list of pasta. I believe from the, we're working with the Wikipedia and the title is list of pasta. So L O P. Um, it, it seems like we're just working with Italian pasta. So we are restricting it. We're not going into the world of like noodles. So we're not looking at glass noodles, band noodles, rice noodles, vermicelli. We're not looking at any of that. And that is not to deny the wonderfulness of those things. I love me a pad thai. So, you know, but I don't know. For some reason, pasta just came to my mind. Now, the other thing that I'm feeling a little annoyed about is that I'm looking, I have two basil plants, both of them, honestly, I don't know how they're still alive because the, the, <laughs> the stems, like on one of the plants, half of the stem of each stem is brown. And the other upper half is green. I'm not really clear on if these, the leaves are mostly green. You know, there's a little bit of die off, but nothing out of the norm. But they are looking kind of droopy. And I'm going to have to deal with that after this recording. So let's stop avoiding it and just get into some pasta, okay? There are many different varieties of pasta. They are usually sized, sorted by size, being long, pasta lunga, short, pasta corta, stuffed, ripiena, cooked in broth, pastina, stretched, strascinati, or in dumpling-like form, gnocchi or gnocchetti. Yet, due to the variety of shapes and regional variants, one man's gnocchetto which is one nocchetti, can be another's strascinato. I studied Italian for quite a few years, and I don't, I can understand a fair amount of Italian when I read it. If I listen to somebody speaking Italian, I can pick out words, and maybe I could possibly get some idea of the context and really the only thing left of so that that is there and then the other thing is like pronunciation I always like prided myself on having a pretty good pronunciation so uh whatever you might have to deal with me being annoying and if you are only just learning now that I'm annoying then <laughs> Buckle up. Um, some pasta varieties are uniquely regional and not widely known. Many types have different names based on region or language. For example, the cut rotelle is also called ruote, ruote in Italy and wagon wheels in the United States. Uh, manufacturers and cooks often invent new shapes of pasta or may rename pre-existing shapes for marketing reasons. I wonder if they're going to have penis pasta on this list. <laughs> penis and like boob pasta. Italian pasta names often end with the masculine plural suffixes. Eni, eli, illi, eti. Or the feminine plural ine, ele, etc. All conveying the sense of little. Or with uni and une, meaning large. Other suffixes like otti, large-ish, and acci, rough or badly made, may also occur. In Italian, all pasta type names are plural. So spaghetti is plural. Linguine is plural. 
Ravioli is plural. Raviolo is one raviolo. Linguina, I guess you might say. The linguine ends with an E that's feminine plural. You might, I mean, of course you might, if you're making, what am, what am I saying? Lingui, what the hell am I saying? Linguina, lasagna. Like in Italy, it's lasagna with an E at the end. But in English, we tend to call it lasagna with an A at the end, which is really just one sheet of lasagna, one piece of lasagna pasta. Not the entire dish. Each pasta has its own unique purpose. I don't... <laughs> I think all pasta has one very general purpose, which is to feed you and make you happy. <laughs> but whatever. For example, penne and fusilli. Penne is like my favorite style of pasta. My style, my favorite style of like hollow short pasta is penne. Can hold more sauces than spaghetti due to their hollow shapes. You're goddamn right. Additionally, the choice of pasta can be used to complement the consistency of sauces used in the cooking process. These choices, however, are mostly due to tradition and habit. Tradition and habits. I'm definitely kind of crashing right now. Like, energy-wise, but let's do it. Oh, my God. Long and medium-length pasta. Long pasta may be made by extrusion or rolling and cutting. This seems insane. It's a long list of, we're starting with B, and we're going all the way to Z. Oh, my God. See, and I don't really know what my objective here is. Is it just to introduce you guys to, like, different types of pasta? Or is it to, like, look at, like, funny names? Because they have the translations here, which is kind of interesting. I kind of want to focus on the translation. <clears throat> Maybe we'll just <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with the famous pastas first, okay? Capellini. Capellini, also known in the US as angel hair pasta. That's what I'm adding in because they don't actually have that. Oh no, they do have it written here. Very thin spaghetti, often coiled into nests. Capelli d'angelo, angel hair, are, oh, are slightly thinner. Oh, that's interesting. So we're talking even, like, angel hair pasta is really thin. Oh my god, I love angel hair pasta. Lord in heaven. Thin hair, that's what it means. Thin hair or little hair uh, and the, what do you call it? The synonyms are angel hair... Pretty much, we've got, we've got it in different languages. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce a lot of those because they're not Italian. and It would be fucking exhausting if I tried to say it in Italian. And this pasta comes from the region of Liguria. I don't really know where that is. Fettuccine, fettuccine, ribbon of pasta approximately 6.5 millimeters wide, larger and thicker than tagliatelle. Uh, it... Translates to little ribbons from affettare to slice. Uh, also known as lasagnette, fettucce, ramice, and sagne. And fettuccine comes from Rome. The re Rome is its own region. And it comes from Rome. Linguini. Uh, which is a flattened spaghetti. Interesting, and it means little tongues. Uh, other names are bavettine, bavette fini, radichini, linguettine, and we don't have a region for that. 
Lasagna, square or rectangular sheets of pasta that sometimes have fluted edges, lasagna riche. The square of pasta is lasagna, while the dish is lasagna, which we just talked about, possibly from Latin lasanum or Greek lazonon, cooking pot, or the Greco-Roman laganum, a flat piece of bread. That makes sense. And we have a couple of different ways to say it from different regions. So I wonder if, if they don't have a particular region next to it, perhaps it's, it's a kind of pasta that is um, used around all of Italy. Um, Pappardelle, that's a famous one. Thick flat ribbons of egg-based dough from Tuscan, paparsi, to pig out. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Paparelle, paparelle, veneto, paspardelle, marche. Tus this is from Tuscany and Northern Italy, generally. If I just start reading out Italian names, that's the other names for it in parts of Italy or maybe other locations entirely. So get on board. I don't really have a plan for this. <laughs> um, spaghetti, a tried and true favorite, a hard times dish, if ever there was one. A long, thin, cylindrical pasta of Italian origin made of semolina or flour and water. Spaghettini and spaghettoni. Spaghetti. <laughs> Spaghettoni sounds like an insult that you would say to, like, an Italian-American guy. Hey, spaghettoni. Uh, are slightly thinner or thicker, respectively. Little strings. That's what it translates to. Spaghetti is the plural form of the Italian word spaghetto, which is a diminutive of spago, meaning thin, string, or twine. No region there. Um, <clears throat> Tagliatelle, ribbons of egg-based pasta generally narrower than fettuccine. From the Italian tagliare, meaning to cut. Now we have a lot of uh, different names for that from different regions, but the region where tagliatelle comes from is Emilia, Romagna, and partly from Bologna. <clears throat> All right, we do have vermicelli in here, which I'm always a little bit confused because sometimes people call glass noodles, like in a, like in a Vietnamese summer roll, sometimes people call that vermicelli, but all right, we have vermicelli here, a traditional pasta round that is thinner than spaghetti, and vermicelli means little worms, and it comes from the region of Campania, which is way far down south. All right, now we're getting to ziti. Long, narrow, hose-like tubes, larger than mezzani or bucatini that are traditionally broken before being put to cook. The addition of the word rigati, ziti rigati, denotes lines or ridges on the pasta surface. So for American listeners, at least, what you will think of as ziti is a short pasta. Now remember, we're reading a long pasta list. In Italy, ziti is a long pasta that, as they said, you break it before you cook it. Now I don't know how much you break it. I don't think you're breaking it into as short of pieces as we get in the U.S. Um, and I always grew up with ziti having the ridges, so ziti rigati. And it, I just, the other day I was looking up like, some guy is walking by my apartment up a hill with a giant upright base. Kind of cool. Um, I wanted to make baked ziti the other day, which is like an Italian-American classic dish. And I, I don't really have like a good recipe on hand for it. So I, I wanted to like test out my Italian and I looked up an Italian recipe for baked ziti. And the dish that they came out with it had these long noodles that were hollow. And it just looked like, it looked like spaghetti with tomato sauce. 
like in a bowl. I was not I clear on like where the baking was happening and it was very confusing for me. And so if I hadn't seen that recipe, I don't know if I would have known that in Italy ziti is a long pasta, but I just read this, you know, I just like made this discovery the other day. So just so you know, um, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, all right. So this translates to oddly enough, bride and bridegroom. Ziti uh, is plural in Sicilian dialect. I don't really understand that. Okay. Anyway, this particular type of pasta comes from Sicily and Southern Italy. All right. So those are our well-known long or medium length pastas. So let's get to shortcut pasta, which I just have a feeling that there'll be maybe a little bit more familiarity. Like I'll know more of these pieces, these pieces, these pastas. All right, first up we have, oh, a shortcut pasta, pasta corta, are mostly made by extrusion. So rolling and I forget what the other, what did they say? Rolling and cutting. Anelli, short tubular or annular shaped pasta, sometimes with ridges on the outside or inside. I assume if you have it on the inside, that's to really catch you know, get the sauce kind of in that pasta. Anelli means small rings, and they do look like that. Um, and these come from Sicily. Um, <clears throat> I, I, boccoli, boccoli. So it looks just like broccoli, but if you took the R out, boccoli. Short, thick, twisted shape. Uh, translates to ringlets, and it call, comes from Sardinia. Calamarata, wide ring-shaped pasta, squid-like. It looks like calamari. And that comes from Naples. Campanelle, or torchio, flattened bell-shaped pasta with a frilly edge on one end. Torchio are identical with a small edge. Translates to bell flower. Gigli are lilies. Uh, Torchio is a press, usually for olive or grapes, but also pasta. And there's no region for these. This is, I don't know this type of pasta, but it's called capelli da, da chef. Extruded pasta that looks like a chef's hat, and it translates to chef's hats, and we don't have a region on that. Um, cavatappi, corkscrew-shaped macaroni. From the picture and from my familiarity, it has ridges on it. They don't say that here. And it translates to corkscrews, and we don't have a region. <clears throat> Cavatelli, does it ring a bell to anybody? Cavatelli, short solid lengths exist in three sizes usually measured in fingers one two or three from the verb cavare hollow there's a lot of different names for this one uh, and it's from southern continental Italy which includes Campania Apulia Molise Basilicata Calabria and Sicily I so my family in Italy we are from Tuscany and Abruzzo and uh, I've always loved the name <laughs> now I can't remember what it was Calabria I like to say the word Calabria that's like a fun that's a fun one. Oh, uh, conchiglie conchiglie is shells you might notice stuffed shells I feel like I was I always grew up with this dish being called manicotti. Why do I, why am I thinking that's called manicotti? That's weird. Um, seashell shaped, usually furrowed. It has like ridges. And it means shells. Conquille means shells. And we don't have a location on that. 
Um, uh, all right, now we have our one of the most famous ones coming up, farfalle, um, which means bow tie, which are bow tie or butterfly shaped, and it means butterflies. That's the Italian word for butterflies is farfalle. And that comes from northern Italy. Most people know farfalle. Um, fiori, that's a, a shaped like a flower, and it means flowers. We don't have a region on that. I don't know that that one's widely familiar. Now I'm getting a little confused because in Germany, you do have, like, the pasta options are fine here. It's not as extensive as this, though. Like, it's definitely pretty. It's like spaghetti, lasagna, sheets. Um, you don't find elbow macaroni. There is no elbow macaroni here. Now, I, <laughs> I don't make just like short pasta that often. I'll be honest, because it's. I just know that it's not like. <laughs> nutritionally there's nothing really to it it's just kind of a bowl of carbohydrates with a sauce on it which, which my god I love that you know I I don't know I'm I'm not like an Italian chef you know <laughs> I don't know how to really zhuzh up a bowl of short pasta or long pasta <laughs> uh fusilli everybody knows that fusilli long thick corkscrew shaped pasta that may be solid or hollow. The word fusilli presumably comes from Italian fuso meaning spindle and we don't have a region on that. Uh, gemelli a single S-shaped strand of pasta twisted in a loose spiral. The name derives from the Italian for twins. There's no region on it. It looks like two pieces they're saying it's one. It looks like two pieces of pasta that are twisted around each other. Like you would twist wires. Now this is a funny thing that I has always confused me. We're talking about short, like, hollow pasta. Not, not exclusively hollow, but... It's like mostly, it's a lot of whatever. There is a type of pasta called gnocchi. And it's hard, short, it's hard pasta that you would cook. Like you would cook penne or whatever, you know, any of these other short pastas that we've named. It's not a dumpling, but it has the shape of a gnocchi like a gnocchi dumpling so it has like they get the shape in those gnocchi dumplings by like rolling it with a fork and so it has that shape as if it was rolled by a fork but it's just like a hollow like you could put it as a hat on like a doll you know it's hollow it's like a it's like a shell of a gnocchi it's very weird and I always wondered like what is this like cheap ass version of gnocchi you know like what is this so they say it's their lobed shells then they specifically say not to be confused with gnocchi dumplings it translates to possibly not knots although like a knot in a rope i don't really understand that still um macaroni <laughs> tubes either bent or straight I feel like it, it's not elbow macaroni, okay? That's really important. Elbow macaroni, if you're not from America, it's what we usually make macaroni and cheese with. Um, so it's like it's like a little rainbow. And you, they're really good for making, like, necklaces when you're a kid. You know, you just, like, string it up and give it to your mother for Mother's Day. Um, th what they're describing as macaroni is it's maybe like an inch long I think that's like two centimeters I think an inch is two centimeters and it's not it has a ever so slightly curved but 
not like a rainbow shape. That's what they're saying macaroni. <laughs> Uh, from the Greek for food made from barley, just FYI, and this comes from Naples. <clears throat> Are you having fun with this? I'm kind of enjoying it, I guess. <laughs> Penne, medium length tubes with ridges cut diagonally at both ends. They can be either liche, smooth, or rigate, curved with like ridges. Mostaccioli is also sometimes used for Barilla products. Okay, I don't know what that is. Um, uh, penne means pens, or like a feather, like a quill pen. And they come from Liguria. Uh, quadre fiori. Square with rippled edges from quadro, square, and fiori for flower. No region. Rigatoni, um, medium large tube with square cut ends, sometimes always, sometimes slightly curved, always grooved and straight or bent depending on extrusion method from rigare to line, furrow, or groove. And these are from Lazio. Rotelle are wagon wheel shaped pasta, and that means little wheels. And one of the other names for this is biciclette, which means bicycles in Italian. And we don't have a region on that. Um, um let me see. I seeing any other pastas that are really famous I am glad do you see how long this is like I'm all I'm just doing the pasta that stands out to me as like something that people would know so imagine if I went through all of these okay we're moving on to stretched pasta strashinati are mostly handmade discs of pasta dragged strashinato Across a wood board. What the fuck does that mean? To drag it across a wood board. That just means... I'm picturing somebody who has a, a little disc of pasta. And they just like drag it across a flowered wood board. What the fuck does that do? I think they mean rolling it out. But I can't really tell. So there's really not many that are falling under the category here. We have one, two, three, four, five. And of the five, only one is one that you'll know, which is orecchiette, which are irregular discs with a central dome and slightly thicker crown. Strascinate are identical, but flat. And orecchiette means little ears. And this type of pasta comes from Apulia. And that's it for stretch pasta. Now we're doing soup pasta. So we have, oh, do you know I read the one Anelli earlier? And I knew it because of, like, it's used in pasta, uh, soup. So that's why I knew that one. So we have alphabet pasta, pasta that has been mechanically cut or pressed into the letters of the alphabet, also known as alfabeto. We don't have a region on that. And honestly, the other ones that we saw, that we read, like the shortcut ones, if you just make them smaller, they become soup pasta. So anelli, con conchigliette, um, ditali, farfalline, ditali are, are, they're sort of like anelli. It's basically just like, ditali means, um, thimbles. So they're really like finger sized. Oh, and they come from Campania and Apulia. Farfalline, which are just the small version of the butterflies. Um, I'm looking. Orzo. Everybody knows orzo, rice-shaped pasta. 
um, meaning barley or rice, and we don't have a region on that. Pastina, although pastina is the name for an entire family of miniature pasta shapes, it is also used to describe the most basic one in this family, small feet, small spheres, uh, meaning little pasta, pastina. Um, <laughs> okay, that's all that really stand out to me in the soup pastas. Pasta with filling, this is where it all comes together. You know, pasta with filling is just, does it get any better than that? So, uh, let's see. <laughs> Let me see how far I am. Oh my God, we're 40 minutes in. I can't, this is terrible. I can't like keep dragging this. <laughs> Look, if you want to come back for part two, I will finish reading the list. I will finish with um, pasta with filling and gnocchi and gnocchette. I'm, well, whatever, 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 whatever. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. We'll do it. Fuck it. Well, what is that? There's like a quote about that. Oh, oh, what was the name? Like, fuck it, we'll do it live? Who said that? Oh, that fucking guy from Fox News. Fuck it, we'll do it live. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Bill O'Reilly, that's it. We'll do it, fuck it, we'll do it live. That's it. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, no, I thought I closed that tab. Damn. Fuck it, we'll do it live, okay? Pasta with filling, the name raviolo, ravioli for plural, can be used as a generic description for almost any type of pasta with filling. Agnolotti, semicircular or square pockets can be stuffed with ricotta, a mix of cheese and meat, agnolotta di, di grasso, which is like fat, <laughs> or pureed vegetables, agnolotta di magro, which is thin. Diminutive of old word for angel, Agnolotti was Giotto di Bondone's nickname. Who is Giotto di Bondone? I don't know. This comes from Piedmont. Now, uh, I thought there would be a lot in here that I was familiar with, but I'm really not. Cannelloni, rolls of pasta with various fillings usually cooked in an oven derived from canna for reed, like R-E-E-D. And that comes from central Italy. I don't really think of cannelloni as... You do stuff it, but it doesn't come stuffed. Do you know what I mean? Whereas ravioli, you're... You could ostensibly cook cannelloni without stuffing it. But anyway. Caramelle, which I am only familiar with because of MasterChef is a stuffed pasta resembling double twist candies. They look so good. I really want to try caramelle one time in my life. And it means candy. And that comes from Parma and Piacenza. I didn't know that. Conchiglione is large stuffable seashell shaped. So it's just the seashell conchiglia that we talked about. And that comes from Campania. Mezzalune, semicircular pockets about 2.5 inches in diameter. And that means half moons, mezzalune. Um, wow, that sounds crazy. Occhi di lupo, large stuffed penne shaped pasta, ribbed wolf eyes. That's, that's crazy. Okay. Ravioli, the old favorite. Two pieces of pasta on top of another, stuffed with cheese, ground meat, pureed vegetables, or mixtures thereof. Though commonly square, other forms are also used, including circular and semicircular. Mezzalune is one of them. Many claimed origins, possibly from rapa, vegetable root, or rabibole, <laughs> cheap stuff in the Ligurian dialect, or simply from ravolgere, to wrap. Okay, we have 
tortelli and we have tortellini. So the ini there means that it's a small version of tortelli. And you also have tortelloni, and the oni means that it's bigger. Now, is it bigger than tortelli? Or is it bigger than tortellini? I think it's bigger than tortelli. So, a, we're doing tortelli. Square sheet of pasta folded into a triangle or discus, folded into half circle, with both extremities subsequently joined to form a ring shape about 30 to 35 millimeters in size. Sweet variations can be found. Tortelli cremashi. They're Tortelli means little pies. Tortellini is ring shape, usually stuffed with a mixture of meat and cheese. It means small tortelli. And tortelloni, round or rectangular, similar to tortelli, but larger, 38, 38 by 45 millimeters. Stuffing usually does not include meat. And that's it for our stuffed pastas. We're racing through the end here. Now we're at gnocchi and gnocchette, which are like the dumplings. We're in the dumpling area. There's only three in the dumpling area, and we're not reading the other two. <laughs> gnocchi, various thick, small, and soft dough dumplings, possibly from gnocca, I mean nocca, N-O-C-C-A, meaning knuckle. And the region, it's just various. Probably different regions have different takes on, you know, gnocchi. So that was it, guys. That was like a half an hour of pasta talk. <laughs> and considering that we only talked about pastas that you are probably familiar with to some extent, I don't know if this was informative or interesting for you. It probably was more annoying to listen to me try and pronounce Italian convincingly. Um, but you know what? I really felt that because I felt scared about doing this episode, I really felt like I wanted to do it. Like, what harm is it in reading this, right? There's no harm. It's not going to come back to bite me in the ass later. I'm not scared because I'm going to offend somebody. Um... I was scared that I would bore people and I was scared that um, it would be boring to read out. And it was a little boring, actually. It was kind of exhausting for me to talk that much about pasta. Um, but something compelled me to do this anyway. And again, I just want to reiterate that this podcast is... <laughs> this is a journey of self-discovery for myself and um, whatever benefits you get out of it I am happy that you're getting something out of it it's just not the intention you know um, my intention is really for me to what is my intention it's really about me contending with this idea of who am I when I talk to an audience? Why am I interested in having an audience? What do I think I have to say to an audience? Do my words actually have any meaning or value? And does all the stuff that kind of rattles around in my head, is it interesting for anybody? And why do I think it? is interesting. You know, I think in like the social media age or whatever, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's not just social media, maybe it was before social media, like the idea of having an audience is, it feels like it's something that you, I don't want to say you, whatever, like I kind of have this compulsion to have an audience to have somebody listening but why is it about like affirming something in myself is there something that I'm not giving myself that I think 
an audience might give me because from everything that we know about people on YouTube, performers, actors, anybody who has any kind of an audience, it usually sucks for them. Like a lot of it, it's nice. You have people who are kind of worshiping and praising you, but a lot of times, um, you know, and it's not just about cancel culture. You know, that's just a new name for scandals and boycotting. Okay. Uh, and of course it has kind of a new vehicle that it can, <laughs> cancel culture can just like get a scandals and boycotting get around a lot faster these days in a vehicle called, <laughs> called cancel culture. <laughs> the make of the vehicle is social media and the model is cancel culture. And that's the vehicle that scandals and boycotting like toot around town in and they drive up to the houses of, of influencers and celebrities and they fucking egg the house, toilet paper it, <laughs> you know, light, light something on fire uh, because of something that happened recently or a couple of years ago sometime <laughs> I don't know if it's ever warranted it's people are allowed to be upset if they want if they feel upset you know um so by all accounts having an audience it can turn on you very quickly and at a very unexpected moment and so what is the attraction to have an audience what is the appeal there you know, that's, <laughs> so obviously we've kind of taken a real turn away from the pasta talk. Um, but I don't know, maybe that, maybe talking about something really like that, whatever, if it's vapid, I don't know, just not something with any depth, you know, just talking about food. Maybe that cleared my head to, uh, <laughs> confront some part of myself, you know. Um, but if you found this interesting, I great. I hope that you did find it interesting. And um, I hope you have a great day. I'm gonna go finish this coffee. And now I have the pasta episode out of the way. I'm really happy about that. And I can get back to other <laughs> more interesting reading or talking or whatever um so ha i already said have a great day uh i'll talk to you later thanks for listening bye